Hello, 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 and welcome to this, the bonus part of today's FYI on basketball. Now, I don't know about you guys, but all this basketball talk, man, I feel like shooting some hoops. And I'm not talking about like, you know, a big basketball game or something like that. No, I'm just talking about your standard, you know, one-on-one. It's hard to get 10 people together, isn't it? Obviously it is. So a one-on-one works, or sometimes a game of horse. Do you know this one? Uh, horse is cuando tienes que disparar de diferentes sitios y deletrear. You have to spell the word horse or the word out. So those are two different games, and there are many games aside from regulation basketball. And another one, too, that I love. Oh, this was a lot of fun as a kid. I don't know what you call these games in Spain, but I'm sure you have all of them. And this one is around the world. You know why I know you have all of them? Because I remember playing them with my Spanish friends down in Aguadulce when I was a kid. And I remember, I mean, they were more into basketball than I was. And I was from the States. So it was uh, it was really cool to see that basketball was so popular here, even when I was a young kid. I remember all the kids looking at my Air Jordans because I don't know if you guys remember, 20, 30 years ago, you know, now things are kind of released simultaneously all around the world. If they release, release a new iPhone, well, that's going to come out more or less around the same date everywhere. But if you remember movies, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff, there was a lag time. Tardaba muchísimo. So I remember having like, you know, the, the Reebok pumps or the, the Air Jordans before uh, they were available in Spain. Now, a lot of people said, Alberto, you should have gone into business. <laughs> No, I'm not. I wasn't trying to make money. I was just glad that my friends liked my stuff. You guys like my stuff? Oh, cool. All right. Even though I didn't do anything. I didn't design the shoes. <laughs> I just bought them. And let's talk about these shoes. They're really expensive, right? Sneakers, all kinds of shoes, but sneakers in general. Sometimes they can go for upwards of 200 bucks a pop. And a pop is por, no, a pop is por unidad. En este caso, por pareja, for a pair of sneakers. But we use this a pop como por unidad. And speaking of sneakers, did you guys know that Michael Jordan was fined? That's right, le multaron, because he wore his legendary Air Jordans. And I know what you're thinking. What the heck? I thought you could wear whatever sneakers you wanted on the court. Well, no, now you can, as long as, of course, they're not, they don't have spikes on them, <laughs> like, like soccer shoes. I'm sure there are some regulations, but now it doesn't matter what color they are or what brand, as long as they're, you know, legal, they're real sneakers. But if you guys remember in some of the earlier games, those, those older videos you see of the NBA, everybody was wearing Converse. And I love, there's nothing like a pair of Chuck Taylors, a pair of Converse, but let's be honest, they don't have the most comfortable soles. And I think that's really important uh, for somebody who's going to be jumping and running around. And the sole is la suela. También es la planta del pie. Obviously, you'll know from the context. But Michael Jordan was fined because he did not follow the NBA dress code. And those were not allowed on the court. So he, was pay he decided, I'll pay the fine 
and I'm going to wear them. And what happened? They became the most popular sneakers ever. You know, it's like what we call the Barbara Streisand effect. If you don't want somebody to look at something, talk about it and they're going to look at it, you know? And the reason they have this is because Barbara Streisand, somebody took a picture of Barbara Streisand's house, the famous singer, and uh, she she made a big deal about it. She raised a stink, como decimos. Montó un pollo. And you know what? Most people probably wouldn't have seen that picture because it wasn't on a popular website. It was just some guy taking aerial photographs in the area. And she wanted to sue him, and she made such a big deal about it that everybody on the internet saw that picture of her house. So it's called the Barbara Streisand effect. By talking about something, you bring more attention to it. So the NBA uh, were, <laughs> you could say, vital in making these sneakers so popular. And as many of you know, eventually, a la larga, they were allowed on the court. And now, as I said, as long as you're not wearing something that's got like spikes or something dangerous, I think uh, you can pretty much wear whatever sneaker you want. And most big stars, well, they have their own lines of sneakers. As you guys know, a big part of basketball is the merchandising, the deals, the endorsements, all of that stuff as well. I mean, this, this industry moves a lot of money, which is very different from its grassroots origins. As I said before, they started playing basketball with peach baskets, and they borrowed a ball from another sport. Anybody want to guess what sport that is? Well, obviously, it would have to be a sport that was around before basketball, right? Well, if you said soccer, you guessed it. Nice job. They used soccer balls. Now, they're not so much like the soccer balls we have today. These had seams. They had laces. A lace is what you see on a modern football. And then they would stick this inflatable bladder, a bladder is una vejiga, in through this hole where the laces were. And, of course, they would tighten those laces and voila. But what's the problem with laces? Okay, if you're playing football, great, because it gives you a place to grip the ball, right? You can put your fingers on those laces and get a nice spin on the ball. But in soccer, well, it could change the direction of your kick uh, if you hit it at the wrong angle. So you really want a uniform ball. So little by little, you know, they started realizing, okay, it's time to, to find a new ball. And eventually they started using a lace free ball. Uno que no tenía estos cordones. As I said, the NFL still uses balls that have this grip, this seam on it. And the first balls made specifically for basketball were brown. Now we see brown. Orange is also a very common color. You also get all different ones depending on the teams. They have different ones for different tournaments. But in general, we think of a basketball as being orange or brown. But mostly you see the orange ball these days. And why is that? Well, think about it. These stadiums are huge. And, well, I guess the brighter the ball, the easier it is to see. So I guess that orange color stands out 
more than brown, especially against the basketball court. Now, I said before, I saw Michael Jordan, I saw Scottie Pippen. In fact, thanks, Dad. My dad brought me to the games beforehand, and I got to see them warm up. And I felt like I was in the presence of greatness. And I also had the chance to see the Harlem Globetrotters. Now, this is a good word. The Globetrotter es un trotamundo. Ah, toma. <laughs> and did you know the word Rolling Stone es lo mismo? O sea, si preguntas a alguien, what do the Harlem Globetrotters and the Rolling Stones have in common? Pues ambos son eh, trotamundos en inglés. But the Harlem Globetrotters weren't originally from Harlem. Nope. Their origins come from Chicago, Illinois, which is the episode we looked at in our last show. We looked at the amazing city of Chicago. And remember, this is commonplace. Es muy común. So many teams have changed their city. They call it a relocation. Es el nombre formal. And this is when a team goes from one city to another city. Now, I know in Spain, this is unimaginable. Could you imagine Real Madrid playing in Huesca, for example? Nothing against Huesca, but it's just, it, it doesn't make sense. Well, here it's just really about the bottom line. And the bottom line is another way to say money. So if that city refuses to upgrade the stadium or doesn't give them special tax breaks, well, they start listening to offers. So it's pretty crazy. Your favorite team could just up and leave. And it's happened so many times. When I took a look at the list of teams that have relocated, I had to scroll for like two minutes. Estaba bajando la página durante dos minutos. It is commonplace. And believe it or not, where your team is located is pretty important. Well, they, they did a study in 2017, and this study showed that Eastern Conference teams, o sea, los equipos que están en el este, the New York Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets, the Boston Celtics, any of those teams, well, they suffer from a disadvantage. What? That's right. Well, if they have to travel westward, westward is hacia el oeste, it disrupts their circadian rhythm. Of course, anybody who's ever crossed the Atlantic or gone east to west or west to east noticed, and I've noticed it many times, that the jet lag affects you differently. So you could argue that Western Conference teams have an advantage, well, at least as far as circadian rhythm is concerned. All right, and I know the question you've been dying to know the answer to. How much do these people make? It's a lot. Are you sitting down? I hope you're sitting down. Well, the average salary in the 2020-2021 season was $7.5 But that's nothing. That's the average. Do you want to know the highest salary in the NBA? Now I hope you're lying down. Espero que estéis tumbados. Stephen Curry, who plays for the Golden State Warriors, makes an astounding $45,780,966 a year. That is insane. I think I picked the wrong profession. 
But also remember, just like many other professional athletes, the average retirement age, the retirement age is la edad de jubilación. Uh, in the NBA is players in their mid-30s. Usually when players are in their mid-30s and, well, they haven't had many injuries and, you know, they haven't had any trouble, they usually can play till their mid-30s. So if Stephen Curry does his budget correctly, he could technically retire in his mid-30s. But what happens is, as you know, a lot of these players go on to coach or to be pundits on TV. There are a lot of different other roles besides players. And what is the most common injury? Well, according to the NBA website I took a look at, lateral ankle sprain was the most common injury in the league. Now, lateral is lateral, ankle es tobillo, and be careful, it's not uncle. Vamos a decir esto. My uncle sprained his ankle. Uh, mi tío se torció el tobillo. My uncle sprained his ankle. So, lateral ankle sprain, and sprain is Es guince, if you haven't figured that out yet. That's the most common. Also, uh, I'm going to say the, the the name that the layman would say. The layman is la persona normal. Knee pain, dolor de rodilla. Um, I'm going to try and say the official term, the scientific or biological term. Patellofemoral inflammation. Bueno, veo la palabra femur ahí dentro, femoral. <laughs> Patellofemoral inflammation. The rest of us call it knee pain. And I also imagine there are a lot of sprained wrists as well, right? The wrist is la muñeca from catching a pass wrong. But also remember, these guys are in tip-top shape. I mean, most of them are lean machines. And something that is lean is something that doesn't have any fat on it. So here is the debate. And I'm going to go in the order I think. Again, feel free to disagree with me. That's part of the fun of sports, you know, talking about, well, I think this is the best basket. I think this was the best play. But I think in general, nobody will disagree with these three. They might disagree with the order. But these three are greats. And you know what? There are hundreds of basketball players who deserve to be on the list. And there are many lists, the top 50, the top 100. But I decided we've got to look at the top three. So in third place, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's right, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, he was also, I'm sure many of you, if, if you're not basketball fans, you saw him in the movie Airplane. Esta película, I think you call it Aterriza Como Puedas. In second place for the GOAT, the greatest of all time, is LeBron James. And many people argue that this guy could take the top spot because his numbers are already just so high for a player, and he's not done. He's not retiring anytime soon. Mr. LeBron James. Man, they call him King James. Como la Biblia, the King James Bible. And wow, nobody is going to argue that this guy is definitely in the top three. Maybe he's number one, but he's unstoppable. He is definitely unstoppable. And you know what? As I said, anytime we have this kind of debate of who's number one, well, I feel lucky just to have been able to see LeBron James play. 
and just to be able to see Magic Johnson play, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. I saw all these greats, and all of these guys deserve to be on this list. But I think you guys know who the GOAT is. As far as I'm concerned, the one, the only, Air Jordan. He didn't only score tons of baskets, but he was a team leader and he was a crowd pleaser. Esto es una palabra que decimos, uno que encanta al público, uno que hace un gran show, a great performance. He didn't just, you know, put it in the hoop. He put it in the hoop with style. You should check out his reverse fadeaway jumpers. I don't know. He's just feeling where the basket is because, as I said in the first part, he's looking away from the basket. He does a 180 jump and in midair, he puts it right into the hoop and it's a swish, as we say. Esa palabra es onomatopeica. When the ball goes swish, or as we also say, nothing but net, eso es que lo has tirado genial, no ha tocado ni el aro. I also wanted to talk about some rivalries. This is a tough word to pronounce. Let's pronounce this together. Rivalries. Rivalidades. I think one of the most well-known rivalries, and there's even a documentary based on it, is the Boston Celtics versus the L.A. Lakers. And the Boston Celtics, the way they sold this narrative is they were the working class team. And Los Angeles, they were the superstars. So it was a battle between like white collar and blue collar. White collar, corporativo, no? And blue collar, trabajador, obrero. And it was a beautiful battle, Boston Celtics, L.A. Lakers, and out of that battle came one of the greatest rivalries, the rivalry of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And did you guys know that the Twitter logo, the, the bird, his name is Larry? Do you want to know why? Well, somebody over at Twitter is a Larry Bird fan. Another classic rivalry. Ooh, this one was really ugly at certain points. This is Michael Jordan versus Isaiah Thomas. And ooh, man, Michael Jordan got snubbed by Isaiah Thomas. He got snubbed. Es como le faltó el respeto, ¿no? Lo des le despreció. But Michael Jordan got his revenge when Isaiah Thomas was not included in the Dream Team in 1992. So if somebody won that battle, it's the great Michael Jordan. You can tell I'm a huge Jordan fan, right? Well, how could you not be a Jordan fan, even if you don't like basketball? This guy flew through the air. I mean, it was complete weightlessness. The guy defied gravity. I know because I saw him do it in person. And I highly recommend, there's so many documentaries. There's one uh, about Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what? But isn't it a team versus a team? Well, no, no. Reggie Miller of the Indiana Pacers, well, he wanted to take on the whole team. And the documentary is great. I love the way they, I mean, lately sports documentaries have been fascinating. Before, they used to be a bit boring, but they found a way to produce them and tell the story in a way that even somebody who doesn't know anything about it can really get into it. The documentary is called Winning Time, Reggie Miller versus the 
the New York Knicks. I'll give you some more documentaries towards the end of the show. Now, this next one is not so much a rivalry, so much as a dark moment, a very dark moment, perhaps one of the darkest moments in basketball history. And I'll say two words, Latrell Sprewell. Now, if you don't know who that is, you're better off. This guy's a scumbag. Escoria. This guy, he, no matter how good he was as, as a player, no one's ever going to remember how he played because in 1997, during a Golden State Warriors practice, okay, it wasn't even a game, it was a practice. This guy, Latrell Sprewell, snapped to snap es perder los estribos. He went nuts and he attacked and threatened to kill his coach. P.J. Carlissimo, I remember him. He was a really nice guy. And 20 minutes later, after they calmed him down, he went back at him. And I think that was one of the saddest displays of rage I have ever seen. I remember watching it. I didn't see that game live, but I remember watching the highlights later that day and just feeling sick to my stomach that someone would treat anyone like that, much less their coach, somebody who's there to guide them, to inspire them. Uh, another disgusting moment in basketball. Well, we always got to look at the dark side. Not everything is rainbows and unicorns, is it? And this is known as the malice at the palace. That's right, Malicia, the malice at the palace. And this was a game between the Pacers and the Pistons. And a brawl broke out. Se estalló una pelea. A brawl broke out. And this was in 2004. In fact, it happened on my birthday, November 19th. 2004. I don't remember watching this one live, but again, I remember this one making not only the sports highlights, but this was all over the, the world news because it was just a horrific display of bad behavior on everyone's part, everybody involved. Unfortunately, there are always some people out there uh, who give sports, well, who give whatever they're, they're going to a bad name, like Bon Jovi. You you give love a bad name. And well, what happened, I'll, I'll, I'll sum it up, but basically the whole stadium broke out into a brawl. And this is when uh, a player named Artest, Ron Artest, immediately charged after a fan. Now to charge is como hace un toro. De hecho, el cántico es do-do-do-do-do-do, charge. So he charged at a fan. No, no otro jugador. A fan. Alguien que ha pagado para ir a verle. And this was the, the spark, right? The straw that broke the camel's back. Because spectators started fighting with each other. Players started fighting. Seats were flying all over the place. And I don't even recommend you check out the video. It'll make you sick to your stomach. And now we'll change gears. We got to talk about the dark side a little bit, but not too much. Uh, a couple of movies and documentaries that I would recommend. There's a documentary called Magic and Bird, and it talks about that rivalry, that classic rivalry, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. It's called A Courtship of rivals and a courtship is almost like like a, a relationship one that i saw recently and my wife was she she gave it a standing ovation se puso de pie al final is called the last dance and i know what you're thinking 
dance, pero, pero ¿cómo que el último baile? Well, that's the name of it. It's called The Last Dance, but it's the story of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls and their dynasty as told through the lens of an insider. Basically, they had cameras filming these historic games and moments, and they haven't seen the light of day until recently. And as I said, you don't have to like basketball to see this story and be inspired by it. It's called The Last Dance, the story of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. And there's another one which is called Hoop Dreams. And this one's a little bit different because it's not so much about a famous player or some playoffs and how they beat them at the end and clinched the victory. No, this is about two inner city basketball players. Inner city son de la ciudad, la parte muy ciudad, muy urbana. Inner city basketball players who try and overcome obstacles. To overcome is superar. And uh, they live in the hood. The hood is another way of saying the neighborhood. But usually when we abbreviate it like that, it means the bad neighborhood. So, you know, they're in the hood and they're trying to make it in the NBA. It's a beautiful story about aspiring, about having nothing, poverty. It's a very moving documentary, to say the least. It's called Hoop Dreams. And we'll also take a look at some movies as well, because there are movies, some based on a true story, some that are made up. But some of the best basketball movies are Coach Carter. This is a great one based on a real situation, and it is fantastic. Hoosiers is another one. Uh, this is one I remember seeing as a kid. Hoosiers, an American classic. Uh, white men can't jump. Have you guys seen this one? This is a great comedy. Los hombres blancos no saben saltar. I don't know if they translated it the same in Spanish, but White Men Can't Jump, starring Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. And perhaps my favorite one, Teen Wolf. I know what you're thinking. Is that really a basketball movie? Well, there are tons of basketball scenes. And that final scene, when they're playing basketball, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I've seen it a million times. I, I put it on just for that music. Win in the end. Oh, darling, win in the end. I love that 80 sound. Teen Wolf, I feel like watching it right now. <laughs> Another one that's great, but this is not for kids. It's called The Basketball Diaries. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg. And it's about basketball, but it's also about drug abuse. And uh, I wouldn't recommend it with the kids, but it is a, a great movie nonetheless. And obviously, we couldn't talk about basketball without Space Jam, which, as we know, a new one just came out recently. So, you know, by watching these movies, these documentaries, you can learn some more vocabulary while you learn about all these fascinating rivalries and stories behind the game. Now I wanted to take a look at a couple team names because, of course, we can learn English from the team names. The first one we're going to look at is the Spurs. And this one's really easy because all you have to do is look at their jersey. Tienen una espuela, ¿no? San Antonio, Cowboys. Well, a spur es una espuela. 
And we also have an expression. To do something spur of the moment is un poco improvisado, ¿no? Sin pensarlo mucho. This other team we just mentioned before, the Warriors, los Guerreros. I think that's one of the most powerful names. Uh, the Nets, that's good. It's pretty logical, right? La Cesta, uh, the Net. Oh, I love this next one. The Dallas Mavericks. Well, a Maverick is what you would call in Spanish un inconformista. So those Dallas Mavs, as we call them, they are not going to conform. They are rebels. And also the Denver Nuggets. And the word nugget is pepita. When we're talking about a piece of metal or gold, we're talking about a gold nugget. Also, we use the word nugget when we're talking about advice, right? A little nugget of advice, una perla. Well, the Denver Nuggets have kind of an advantage, too. Remember how we talked about the circadian rhythm before? Well, the Denver Nuggets play at a home stadium that is one mile above sea level. That's 1,609 meters above sea level. And they've proved that this gives the Nuggets a home court advantage. Sure, they're used to playing at that altitude where there's less oxygen, but the other teams aren't, so that gives them a home court advantage, if I've ever heard of a home court advantage. And many of the teams are also based on animals. We looked at the Chicago Bulls. That was because of the slaughterhouses, the stockyards in Chicago. We've got the Milwaukee Bucks. I used the word bucks before, como eh, dinero, pavos. But buck, a buck is a male deer. A hornet, the hornets, avispones. Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, that was another great memory. I remember my aunt and uncle got me courtside seats. Courtside es pegado uh, a la pista. And it was crazy because Akeem Olajuwon, he was playing for the Atlanta Hawks. He did a layup and he fell into the crowd And he put his hand on my shoulder, his sweaty big hand on my shoulder. Hakeem Olajuwon, like one of the most famous players ever. And he fell on top of me. And he was like, hey, I'm sorry, man. And I was like, no worries at all. <laughs> I was like, that was cool. Talk about getting in on the action. I'll never forget that moment. I really felt like a trailblazer. <laughs> Viste lo que he hecho ahí? Bueno, para unirlo, a trailblazer es un pionero. Somebody who blazes a trail is a pioneer. And those are just some. Remember, take a look at the other names. I'm sure you'll be able to extract some great vocabulary from them. And to wrap up, let's take a look at a couple idioms before we get going. One of my favorite ones, not only because it rhymes in Spanish, but because I think it's true. We say, that's the way the ball bounces. Así bota la pelota, which means literally, así es la vida. That's life. That's the way the ball bounces. Another one with the ball is the ball is in your court. El balón está en tu tejado, you would say in Spanish. Oh, this next one is funny. If you are on the rebound, pues acabas de salir de una relación. Estás de rebote. You are on the rebound. Another one we use as well is in the zone. And this refers to the zone defense. And if you are in the zone, it means you're really focused. It means you're concentrated. And we use this a lot outside of basketball, especially in the United States. So as we wrap up here, I'll remind you guys, don't hang up your jersey. Okay? 
No cuelgues el uniforme. Yeah, well, what do they do when you retire? They hang your jersey. So don't hang up your jersey with English. No te retires. Don't throw in the towel. Well, that expression comes from boxing. <laughs> Maybe we'll do an episode on boxing in the future. Don't hang up your jersey, amigos. Give it your best shot. Y esta es la última expresión which means to do your best, to do the best you can. And if that's what you do every day, then as your teacher, I am happy and I am here to cheer you on. Estoy aquí para animarte, to root for you. Otra forma de decirlo. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of FYI. <laughs> <laughs>